You know, every time I see the um, Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, I don't know, it always gives me chills. Any, every time. You know, I've seen so many trailers that are coming out that I'm excited for, like Halloween Kills or Last Night in Soho or, you know, whatever. But for and Dune, especially. But w for some reason, every time I see the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, I'm just, I get chills. It looks <laughs> great. I think I've only watched it one time. The the one, the new one that I showed you uh, to, yeah. to watch. And uh, <clears throat> I was talking about it with my buddy. And, uh, you know, we, cause I think we both agree it, it, as far as the trailer looks and what the story is, it looks like it blends perfectly, um, like the right balance of, um, the nostalgia from the old movies, like bringing some of that stuff back and then perfectly blending it with brand new stuff. So I think this might be a, the perfect sequel to have like the 30 years later sequel, Yeah, you know, and then we brought up, you know, the 2016 Ghostbusters and he, he never saw it. And, and I did. And, you know, I was like, you know, looking back on it, um, that movie did have ending credits. <laughs> That's all I can remember of it. Um, anyways, uh, hello out there. This is Universal Nerds, uh, here with a brand new episode. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm Jesse. And today's episode will be featuring uh, a, a horror episode. It is now October 2021, and this is the perfect time, time to talk about horror, which is our favorite uh, category of movie. Best time of the year. Absolutely. Uh, this, although you can watch horror movies at any time, yes, you it just can, it but just it, feels it, more special. Exactly. Uh, this month. Especially like when the leaves start to turn. I, I feel like it's a little slow start this year. It's okay. It's alright. It's, it's a it'll little warmer. It'll, but... it'll probably hit us like Ugh. instantly. Yeah, I just can't <laughs> wait. The leaves are gonna start falling. It's gonna start mm -hmm. getting rainy and windy and, and coffee tastes different beautiful. in the fall and like Ugh. all these different things and we, you'll see pumpkins everywhere and beautiful, we'll to... beautiful time. Um, so this one's a little special. Uh, it's uh, underrated uh, horror gems. Now it's it's a it's a very tough uh, category to list to think about. Horror, it was tough for me. Horror is the most divisive, like I've said before, um, genre. You know, you can't please everybody with horror. You know, what's scary to some isn't scary to others. Um, most people just kind of push off horror as dumb for the most part. At least, uh, you know, reviews I read for any horror movie, really. Um, there really isn't those ones that everybody just everybody in the world like unanimously says is amazing i mean unless you go back like with the original exorcist or maybe even the shining or something like that but even those movies they're not for everybody so this our list today um these are like like all of our reviews opinion based only not meant to change anybody's minds if you do not like any of the movies we list today it's completely understandable That's That's because they're underrated they're underrated to they're us, underrated to us. <laughs> And underrated to me is a movie that was, when it was released, it kind of just snuck by. Other things came out that maybe, you know, overpowered it and were talked about more. Um, and then maybe now some of these might actually be considered cult classics. But, you know, at the time of their release, I feel like nobody saw them. Nobody was talking about them. Um, and underrated to me is just... I just don't hear a lot of people liking them or have seen them. Right. And everybody's different. Yeah. There's so many different genres and subgenres of horror. I think horror has the most of those things. I mean, you know, there's action horrors, there's dramatic horrors, there's, you know, even family horror movies like Monster House and I Coraline. I musical there's, horror Yeah, on my musical list. horror. There's uh, <laughs> sci-fi horror. And then there's all the subgenres like 
the gory body horror movies, the the B movies, the vampires, supernatural, zombies, possession, slashers, meta horrors. I mean, there's just tons of them out there. So there's something for everybody, you know. Uh, but I I love them all. Mm-hmm. I I can watch Same. I can watch a smart horror film, and and I can watch a, one that genuinely scares me, and then I can switch it to a B movie that's ridiculously stupid, but I <laughs> yeah. love it because. I don't know. I just really like the genre. I have a big appreciation for the people who work on these horror movies, want to get their story told, and and they use everything they can with the little budget money they have to, you know, make you believe what they're doing. It's not all believable at all. You know, there are some movies with effects that are extremely questionable, but they're still better than what I can do. Like anything on sci-fi. But... There is a fan base for those, oh, and like the Sharknados well, and yes, the, the and Mega I, Octopus I'm a big movies. Fan. Mm-hmm. Those are fun. I, I love to watch the Sharktopus. And yeah, the and stuff even, like that. They're even fun to just and watch just and make fun make of. Make fun of exactly. Yeah. Be yes. like uh, riff tracks or yeah, mystery you just science theater. Have and some drinks and stuff. Absolutely. And... So there's entertainment value yeah. in all of these kinds of movies. Um, but I mean, some some of the shows I really love are actually sci-fi shows. Yeah. Me too. I like sci-fi shows. There's mm-hmm. a lot of horror shows that I really like, not meaning that they're scary or anything. See, I don't think, uh, and this goes around a lot that I see with people's reviews, movies like Malignant that just came out or um, you know, Hereditary that still is talked about today. You get a lot of people that say the same thing. That movie wasn't scary. Like I, I see Midsommar. that a lot. And I and I yeah, and I get it. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're we're also adults. Not a lot of things scare us today because we we were so desensitized to these things. But I don't think, because a lot of people, if they say it's not scary, it shouldn't be considered horror. I disagree with that completely. Right. Evil Dead 2 is not scary, unless maybe you're an 8-year-old watching it for the first time and seeing those you know, demonic creatures. But that movie is not scary, but it is considered a horror movie. And it's so, gory. Like yeah. that. Like there's, like you said, there's a lot of categories that mm-hmm. go into it that it, it doesn't have, like you said, like it doesn't have to be super scary to be a horror yeah if it's scary that's just a bonus yeah me. exactly so. and it, i feel like it takes a lot for me to feel scared nowadays i don't know if i just ruined it for myself but <laughs> <laughs> and there's a difference yeah. there's being scared uh there's there's types of being scared by either it like generally makes you jump out of your or seat or just like really grosses or, me yeah, out yeah grosses like... you out that you have to kind of <laughs> yeah, look I'm away like, oh god or, i cannot watch this yeah. or it's like that sneaky scare where it kind of creeps up on you and then it leaves you thinking about it even hours after you've watched the movie yeah. and you just think about it again and then you kind of dream about it and then that scares you yeah 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 for <laughs> and, uh, sure um so yeah uh, underrated gems uh but before we get into that we'll do what we do every time and what did you watch last um oh gosh i have a long list because (laughs) it's been building but uh the one i watched probably the most recently i watched two one last night and one this morning um i watched the fear street part one you started that i did i finally found so that was your first uh so right now as of today we're recording it's october 2nd uh, so you started your 31 Days of Horror with I did. Fear Street? Yes. Okay. And I'm waiting for part to watch part two, but I was editing, so mm-hmm. like I did, I wanted to pay attention. Right. So I put a different one on. But, um, How yeah. was it? Yeah. It, I mean, it was okay. <laughs> You're a fan of the book series. We've yeah. discussed this. So. So, but it's been so long since I read the books that it, it was hard for me to... 
um, if any, the similarities, yeah, I okay. guess. You know, like, I'm sure there's a lot, but again, it's been so long since I've read the books, and there's so many different ones that mm. they're not all... And it could be just a mix of totally a bunch related, of them put you know? into it. So. Yeah, so... Well, as a movie, is it competently made? Is it uh, yeah, solid? Yeah, it's okay. I, I'm more <laughs> excited about the second one because... Okay. You know, it's a 1978 mm, good camp. Good year. It's the year Halloween camp was released. Camp slasher. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the second one. I mean, there were some good things that I appreciated about it. But overall, you know, I didn't find it very scary, you know. Which or is anything. fine. Which, again, is fine, <laughs> yes. Um, but... That's great. No, I, I still have to watch those. I think I'm going to save those for later. I did start my 31 Days of Horror with a movie I've already seen before, but I haven't seen it in a while. And I was thinking about them, at least the production company behind this movie. I watched the um, the remake of Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. Uh, it was, I think it was 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, Platinum Dunes is a company that Michael Bay owns, and he... Uh, his company has... It, they produce uh, other things, too, but they're mostly famous for producing all the slasher, famous slasher remakes. You know, they produced Texas Chainsaw, the newer one of that, mm-hmm. and Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Hitcher. And, uh, so they did this one? Yeah, they did Friday the oh, 13th. Okay. Um, and now Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds. And uh, uh, recently, the two Quiet, Quiet Place movies. Which, um, uh, I guess looking back now, I, I can see that. Really. <laughs> yeah, so they had this thing. <laughs> um, you know, and I've seen all of those. I'm, I'm excluding Quiet Place, so I'm just focusing on the remakes. And I did watch them all. I watched them all when they came out, and they were all somewhat different. Um, but I have to say, but maybe it's because I'm biased and I love Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. His remake, I think, is the best out of all the other yeah. remakes. It was pretty cut and dry and still simplistic with his simplistic storyline. I mean, it basically was a remake of the original uh, first three movies put together, you know, but in the hour and 45 minute or so runtime. So you yeah. got like the first little tiny bit in the beginning with the the flashback with Jason's mom that's the first movie right there and then it moves into Jason as an adult wearing the sack on his face Mm -hmm. so that's part two right there and then the last part of the movie he gets the hockey mask and then there's part three so all right there (laughs) stalking a new set of asshole characters you want to see die (laughs) yeah no that movie is pretty good and they bring in jared paladecki i believe that's his name from supernatural he's our lead um uh, he's 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 very sam and uh from supernatural in the movie (laughs) yeah Kay Panabaker, I think. I don't know. I get them mixed up. It's her and her sister. Danielle. Okay, there's two of them. It might be the other one. Yeah, and I always get them mixed up. It also brings back an actor named Travis Van Winkle. Um, Great, great last name, which is, you know, Vanilla Ice's last name. Um, (laughs) He, he, I've only seen him in this movie and one other movie, and he plays the exact same character. Is it the asshole? The asshole character. He was the asshole in the first Transformer movie that always pestered Shia LaBeouf. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's in a exactly lot. Exactly the but... same. <laughs> um, but you know, the the main difference between the remake and the old one is the old one. You know, Jason had all these very creative ways of killing off of his victims. You know, the sleeping bag kill is still like top tier, oh, yeah. one of the best ways to kill somebody. That was um, the first one I've ever seen. Was the sleeping bag kill? Was uh, well, Jason X. That's the second time he's done it too. He he first did it in New Blood, the seventh one. Oh, see, see I... the the Jason X one was great, but it was more of a parody situation yeah. because he was you know was doing like that too. Yeah, yeah. But the other one, 
you know, they he that really did true. smash a yeah. girl into a tree. Um, they kind of brought that back a little bit in the in the newer one. He put her in a sleeping bag, and but uh, put, put it above a campfire. Yeah. So that was that's horrible. That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so I say that's probably the most creative kill. The rest are just kind of I would say mediocre yeah. you know, <laughs> kills. Uh, but it was still entertaining. It's not as bad as. Uh, I originally thought, you know, when I first saw the trailer, when I first I was like, why are they remaking this movie? I mean, not, it's not like the Friday 13 movies, although I love them, are mm-hmm. anything genius or anything like that. Right. I mean, they're, they're slasher movies of the 80s, but um, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Um, so it was nice to revisit that. I'm not sure what I'm going to watch tonight but or the rest of the month, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I will be watching part two tonight of Fear Street. All right, you're just going to continue one, two, yes, and three. Yes, watch the third one tomorrow. Okay. Might as well keep well, it fresh because it's all related. So. Well, in the beginning of this podcast, I was talking about the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. The reason why I brought that up is because it was on a movie that I saw two nights ago with my friend. Me and him went and saw the new Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, okay. Um, don't worry, no spoilers here. Um, just initial thoughts. I thought the first one was okay. I... Uh, I like the Venom character from the comics. I like Tom Hardy, and he looked good. I mean, the Venom character looked good. Uh, a little step up from Topher Grace. Uh, but I, I had some <laughs> I had some nitpicks with the first movie, and I know that characters like this and Carnage and stuff, it just would be better if their movies are rated R. But, you know, these are, these are comic book movies and they're trying to sell the kids, so we got to take what they give us. And... Yes, I would love to see like an R-rated version of this character, but I don't think we're ever going to see it, so we just kind of have to deal with it. Um, especially with Carnage. Carnage is psychotic in the comics, and he would definitely do better in an R-rated atmosphere. I mean, he's a serial killer, but, you know, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, the first movie I had some issues with, mostly the villain was forgettable, and it had a lot of the bromance odd couple bickering between venom and eddie which you know does establish the character and like the torment of them trying to exist in the same body but it kind of got just awkward it almost like it overpowered the movie um and that's what a lot of people liked about the first movie and a lot of people liked the action so that's what this new movie is this movie is 50 percent bromance awkward jokes and 50 percent action which, you know, is the two selling points of the first movie, so it would be a no-brainer that it's going to make a lot of money, this one. But because the movie is only 90 minutes, 97 minutes, with credits, there's no room for more story or character development because it's just the action and just the awkward jokes. They do go a little more extreme with the awkward jokes, like seeing Venom, you know, cook breakfast and seeing Venom in a rave dancing and stuff it's very strange but you know the kids like it yeah the super hardcore comic fans may not like it but that's okay i was entertained it was a very you know quick paced movie but at the same time i didn't get a whole lot of out of some of the characters you do learn more about venom and brock and their character develops you know because they're right where the first movie left off so you knew everything about them and they take it a little step further uh, michelle williams is back you learn a bit a little bit more about her but then we're introduced to Cletus Cassidy, played by Woody Harrelson, who does a good job. And then, you know, with a Carnage character that becomes a part of him as well. You'd learn a little about Cletus here and there, but you, you know nothing about Carnage. Why? I mean, you, you, you see how he happens, but you don't... <laughs> it's hard to explain. Like, 
you you learn a lot about the Venom character because Venom and Brock are separate. If you separate them as separate characters, you do know about both of them. You but you don't know about both of Cletus and Cass and Carnage. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whether you like the movie or not, the after credit scene will will make you leave the theater smiling. Okay. Very large. Yeah. So I'm not going to say anything, but go see it. If you have no interest in seeing it, then just, just look up the end credit scene, and then maybe you'll change your mind. So, <laughs> Okay. Anything else that you... Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just binge-watched um, a show called Sex Education. Heard of it. Oh, my God. so Is that great. Uh, Netflix. Netflix, okay. Yep, its It'll third season just came up. out, so I rewatched the first two seasons because it's been a couple years, and oh my god, it's so great! It's a funny, it's a funny <laughs> oh show. yeah, it's so raunchy, but it's just so hilarious that I just I love it, and it just makes you want you know keep watching and keep watching. Who, but, who's in it? Who's the lead in it? Um, Jillian Anderson is that her name or uh? Is that X-Files? Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. She is uh, the mom of the kid, Milo. Uh, you would know the kid if you saw him. I forget his name. A- Asa Butterfield? Oh, right. Ender's, uh, Ender's Game and yeah. uh, Boy with the Striped Pajamas, I believe. Those yeah. Are, those are two random movies that I just yeah, yeah, thought yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, he's gotten a lot older. Oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> oh, Hugo. Yeah, he's the lead, and he's Hugo Cabret in yep. the movie Hugo. Um, I mean, he's, like, in a ton of He's stuff, growing but... like crazy. It's like the kid, you know, that, that plays um And after Nor- you see Norman this Bates. show, you definitely won't think of him as a little kid anymore. <laughs> like... Well, that's why I thought about Freddie Highmore when I watched Bates Motel, yeah. and I'm like, that's not the little kid from Spiderwick Chronicles. Yeah, and this isn't giving <laughs> it away. It's just basically, like, a, a kid, like, his mom is a sex therapist, so he starts giving out sex advice at school <laughs> to kids who need sure. it, teenagers who need it or whatever, and that's how it all starts. But, oh, my God, it's just so funny. And that so, sounds great. I'll I definitely, yeah, I definitely recommend it. it. It just is very raunchy. Like, it's like how many seasons they got right now? The third one just came out. Okay, so and that's all on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Thing. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm looking for some. I'm always looking for new stuff to watch. I uh, I recently binged a show. There were uh, three seasons. It's on HBO Max, and it got canceled. So there's only three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um. I was recently just getting into uh, uh, the stand-up comedian Pete Holmes. I really like that guy. He's very funny. Um, he looks like lesbian Val Kilmer. In fact, that's what he calls himself in some of his stand-up. <laughs> uh, he was a you know a, a Christian and had uh, a lot of innocent type uh, comedy styles. Um, a little vulgar here and there, but he's not really known for that. And uh, I don't know. I just his stuff is just it just makes me laugh. He used to have his own show, the Pete Holmes show, that also got canceled. He just can't catch a break. And uh, and on his show, you can watch a few of the segments that he was famous for. He's famous for doing those Batman videos where he dresses as Batman, always having the mouth open, making fun of Christian Bale. And, and he has these uh, Street Fighter videos where he plays like an accountant interviewing all the different fighters about... Uh, <laughs> like the the logic of them joining the tournament and they have different uh comedians playing the street fighter characters he oh, does the okay. x-men where he's professor x interviewing all the x-men characters and firing them for being useless 
Well, his show on HBO was called Crashing, and it was produced and written by him and Judd Apatow. So it's a very awkward uh, comedy drama show loosely inspired by uh, his life and how when he got divorced and how he was grinding through the New York um, stand-up scene trying to land jobs and okay. gigs. I've heard of it, never seen it. It's, I just it's, had to look him up because I was like, I don't know him, but I <laughs> do recognize like John Ritter. him. Yeah. Um, he's very Definitely. funny. Uh, it's different. You know, every stand-up comic, everybody has their favorites. Some people find some people funny, others don't. Um, but for some reason, that guy, I just, ever since watching that show, I just wanted to, like, watch everything that he's done. He's got two stand-up specials on HBO as well that I recommend watching. I do recommend it, Crashing. It's an easy watch, little half-hour episodes, maybe 10 episodes a season. There's random cameos from actual comedians playing themselves that he meets throughout his life, like Artie Lang and Bill Burr and Sarah Silverman and Colin Quinn, tons of people, so... Very good, but he is very awkward in his comedy. Like, there's, you know, you feel bad for him because he always says and does the, the, like, things that kind of screw up the rest of his day and other people's (laughs) lives. Um, But it's it's really good. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. For sure. And have you been watching Only Murders in the Building? We're on episode eight now, and they've been coming out every Tuesday. I have not watched since that day since uh, we watched them last I, just I, because i've been saving I know, them and i, I know. had other things i wanted I, to finish it's, it's so, getting but I'm so done good with those now it's and... getting so good this last episode which i won't talk about it's you're just that's next step closer to finding yeah. out who it is and why and all that stuff it's it's great it still leaves you engaged yeah i'll watch. definitely it, watch it now that it's october not that you need to watch right, it in October, really but just I was just trying to get other things watched first and then yeah. in October, and then I was like, I'll save that. Yeah, for all you people listening out there, you need a new show to watch. It is weekly, but Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. It's fantastic. It is Steve Martin, the Martin Two episodes Short. I saw were hilarious. Mm-hmm. Very well written. It's those two guys, comic legends. And even for the younger crowd, they bring in Selena Gomez, who actually does a good job with her mm-hmm. character. And you learn... I've never had a problem with her. Some people do for some yeah. reason. Maybe it's jealousy. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, she uh, she grows on you throughout the seasons. At first, you're kind of like, I don't trust her. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, as it goes. Um, I've also still been watching the What If series on Disney. I think there's only two, I did start that. two episodes left. So you watched What If, uh, the Captain Carter episode. I did watch that. I like the, the animation. Um, the Black Panther one. Oh, that was great. That yeah. was funny and endearing. It was very mm-hmm. sad to hear Chadwick Boseman's oh, voice. I uh, don't worry, he does pop up again. He did a couple of episodes, voice work for oh, okay. uh, that. That's not really a spoiler. Yeah, that's that's just... all I've watched, though. But, yeah, I like it. It's uh, different. Um, the animation is really cool, a lot of colors. They do bring back actual voices of characters, like Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. But even the the people that they couldn't get, they couldn't get Chris Evans, they couldn't get Robert Downey, the guy and that they, they couldn't got for get Chris Evans. Sounds just a, like him. Yeah, did a great job. I had to look it up. Yeah, and eventually you'll see Iron Man, and he sounds exactly like Downey. I mean, it's pretty good. And then yeah. uh, they couldn't get Brie Larson, so they got someone else. She sounds like her. And then they got uh, Lake Bell is playing um, uh, Black Widow in mm-hmm. another episode. She sounds great. Actually, I kind of <laughs> she sounds better than Scarlett Johansson <laughs> as Black Widow. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it gets, it, they're all different, um, different episodes. So you, you got, you got some good ones to look forward to. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And this last one that just came out, holy cow, 
darkest episode of the whole series. You keep saying that about like every well, episode that comes out. You're like, oh my well, god, yeah, that's so I, dark. I oh my about, god, that's the darkest well, thing. <laughs> okay, I told you about the Doctor Strange one. That one was pretty dark. This one is. Uh, I'm just going to tell you the title because you can see it, but I'm not going to tell you anything about it. But is what if Ultron won? Oh. So you remember in Age of Ultron? Mm-hmm. His mission was to take over with his army of robots and inhabit the body of the vision android and become the ultimate powerful being but the avengers you know stop that what if they did it so there would there be no vision right so that wow (laughs) that one's intense i think the doctor strange (laughs) one is the next one for me i think it's a third one yeah i think you're right oh no the serial killer one is Oh, yeah, what if that the one, Avengers... That one, and then the Doctor Strange. That one's interesting. Okay, that's the next one I have to watch. So I, w- I, I will definitely watch them. Yeah, I don't I don't find a weak link in all of them. Also, I'm not a huge comic expert or anything, because I know I, I read a lot of uh, message boards and uh, reviews on this show, and most super hardcore comic fans are just like, meh, about this series. But I'm actually enjoying every episode, just because they're so different. I like hearing those celebrity voices, and it does... You know, you do ponder that question. What if it went this way? Right. I know it's not exactly like the old what-if comics, but this is the Disney MCU. They don't have the rights to other characters, so they do within within the MCU timeline. So I'm fine with that. It's pretty cool. There's a second season being greenlit, so I'm excited for that. So maybe we'll oh, see awesome. some of these characters again. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to share before we get into this? Oh, so, I've watched so many things, but <laughs> we don't have to talk about That's them That's all. all right. I mean, I, I actually, I'm watching, I'm rewatching an old show that uh, it's been done. There's three seasons and a prequel movie. It is a definite acquired taste for most people to try to dive into, but I love the hell out of it. And it's Twin Peaks. David Lynch's uh, okay. Twin Peaks. I, I know what it Very is. Very strange. It's a soap it. opera-ish mystery seasons, show. Right? Two seasons from the 90s, and then they did a limited third season in 2017 oh, on Showtime. Okay. But I got the box set that's got all three. And then they had a prequel movie after the second season ended. Um, because the the basis of the series is about a, um, a prom queen high school popular girl that is murdered. And that's the first episode. Her name is Laura Palmer. And the whole season, both seasons are about who killed Laura Palmer. Uh, And you learn a little bit about every weird character in the little small town of Twin Peaks, fictional town. And they bring in the help of a FBI agent, Dale Cooper, played by Kyle MacLachlan. And he's fantastic. He's weird, but he does things his own way. And it's a little bit of comedy, a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of horror. It's all in there at a soap opera pace, especially with the music, which I love the music. Um, it just gets so weird after a while, but yeah, I'm just glued to it because I want to know who the hell killed, who the hell killed Laura Palmer. Mm -hmm. So the, the movie is called Fire Walk With Me, which is the prequel. It's the, like uh, the few, the few days that lead up to Laura Palmer's death when what happened during that. So it's, I guess, you know, I know people like to watch things in order, but I hear it's best to watch the two seasons first. Well, probably and because then, they probably reveal. Right. The and then watch the, the movie because that's how yeah. it was actually released. Right. So I'm enjoying that right now. I'll have to give it a go. All right. So we can jump right into this episode. Uh, there were two things I wrote down that have nothing to do with this, this uh, episode um, or even horror. It just was, were just things that I was talking about um, throughout the weeks. Uh, that I wanted to mention. Um, you know, I 
like I say, I do look at message boards. I do look at reviews on movies and things like on social media. And I've noticed something. Apparently, nobody knows how to spell the word rogue. R-O-G-U-E. Right. Whether we're talking about the character from X-Men, because, you know, I'm frequently looking at comments about uh, Captain Marvel and stuff, and you got like a 50% of them saying, oh, I hope they make a movie where Rogue comes in and kills her and takes her power, and then we don't have Brie Larson anymore, you know, stuff like that. But none of them know how to spell the word Rogue, and Rogue is a real word. So you mm -hmm. would think auto spell check would, you know, do it. It always comes out as Rouge, R-O-U-G-E. Oh, that would so it, it it just kind of bugs me a little bit whenever I, I hear I, that. I'm whenever a I see that, police for sure. <laughs> but it's different if it wasn't a real word. But can't rogue, say stuff properly. But I can. Spell but rogue it. is a real word, so it's just kind of yeah. interesting. Um, so I wanted to mention that. Mm -hmm. And then me and my buddy were talking about um, Ryan Gosling movies for some reason, <laughs> and I brought up. Uh, I think we were talking about Nice Guys, and you know we were talking about if you've seen other movies with with Ryan Gosling, you know, other than The Notebook and other stuff that he's famous for. And I, I mentioned the movie Drive from 2011. Did you ever see that movie? Um, it's been a long time. Like, I think it's, I have to rewatch it. It's an acquired taste. It's different. It's kind of an artsy type movie. Um, but then it made me think of this ridiculous lawsuit that happened when that movie was released. So I had to relook it up because I remember it. I remember reading about it when the movie came out. But <laughs> in 2011... There was this lady, I'm not going to mention her name in case people are listening, uh, who is from Michigan, thanks Michigan, <laughs> who actually tried to sue the filmmakers of the movie Drive and the movie theater itself for showing Drive because, as she put, it was nothing like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> now... As ridiculous as that oh is, um, which because I because I think you know, Too Fast, Too Furious was like the last one that came out in that series. Yeah, and the trailer, you know, Gosling is a stunt driver, and there's driving in the movie and stuff. And she went and saw it and was so she's disappointed. Like, Fuck yeah! <laughs> this is gonna be she's just like, like Fast and she's Furious. Like, Where the hell is Vin Diesel? Like, <laughs> um, you know, she. But here's the thing: it goes crazier than that. So oh she my did. God, did she win? She, okay, so here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> she claims the trailer. And these are exactly from the articles. She claims the trailer was a violation of the Michigan Consumers Protection Act. She wanted a refund and a notice to the public about the film's extreme gratuitous defamatory racism and promotion of violence directed against members of the Jewish faith. Oh, this my case gosh. actually I meet kept this woman. This case actually kept going for five years. Holy crap! So, but in 2012, one year after the judge of the case, he threw it out because I agree, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so it he is. threw it out. In 2013, the plaintiff argued the judge was being anti-Semitic <laughs> and wanted a new judge to the case. So they got a new judge, and that judge agreed with the first judge and threw it out. In 2017, the lawyer of the lady alleged that there was a wide-range conspiracy between the director... Um, Sony, Netflix, Apple, Google, AMC, and actor Albert Brooks, who was in the movie. And funny enough, Albert Brooks, it's not funny, but Albert Brooks is actually Jewish, but the lawyer believes he is the perfect mole inside this conspiracy. <laughs> 
So it's still technically ongoing, even to this day. It's still waiting on Can either... You imagine the conversations this oh lady God. and this lawyer had in private? She's still adamant about her claim. What I and... would do to have a podcast for this conversation. <laughs> so right now it's either, you know, waiting on another dismissal or it's just going to keep ridiculously going for no reason. Oh like my it gosh. just The lawyer and the woman still claim that conspiracy and the... The racism and all of that stuff because of the the movie Drive. <laughs> but I also wanted to I hate add to that, say this, but if there was ever a Karen, that's the one. This <laughs> is the, the one. one. <laughs> uh, I wanted to add this as well. Uh, Roger Ebert, love that guy, critic, famous critic. Uh, he did have a quote about the movie in 2011. I just wanted to read the what he said about the movie. Here is a movie with respect for writing, acting, and craft. It has respect for knowledgeable moviegoers. And I agree, but apparently not that lady. <laughs> oh, gosh. That is hilarious. I know, it has nothing to do with this episode, but I just wanted to talk about that because it's just, it's so ridiculous. But it was printed in so many different news articles. I guess it was a slow news day that day. But <laughs> Yeah, I want to hear all of those You can look it up. You can look it up. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, now we're getting into the actual episode one hour later. This is <laughs> underrated horror gems uh, in our opinion. Now, we do mm-hmm. have honorable mentions. I have quite a few, but I don't need to say all I of them. I have a few. I, it, this was hard for me. We've seen a lot of horror movies, and this list, like I said, is divisive. People out there, you may not agree with any of the ones on our list. Mm-hmm. I wanted to put a movie like Cabin in the Woods on this list, but I felt that Yes, maybe 10 years ago I would have put this on the list. And I still love the movie to this Mm -hmm. day. But I felt that it was, at the time of its release, it got released the same year as Avengers, I believe. And and it didn't get a lot of, like, no one really talked about it. And I felt it was way more genius than people gave it credit for. Um, It's what they call a meta-horror movie. And I was looking up the differences, because there are three different types of those kind of movies. There's parodies meta and satire they're they're easy to get confused but they are all separate parodies you can kind of see parodies are definitely movies that make fun of the of specific movies and use the the comedy that comes from making fun of those movies to make the plot of the movie um a satire is kind of uses that creative work as a vehicle for the mess for a different message and offers commentary and criticism about the world not the specific work and then meta horror is when the people in the movie know that they're living a horror movie they're self-aware so that may sound all confusing from what i just said but there is a different from all of those you lost me (laughs) okay (laughs) well you know no uh, i know what you're saying examples of parody horror would be the scary movie franchise uh stan helsing and i know what parodies (laughs) yeah and another movie that i shit you not this is a real title and I, i watched it it sucks but it's 30 nights of paranormal activity with the devil inside the girl with the dragon tattoo that is a movie that they made um Uh, Satire horror movies, uh, our examples are The People Under the Stairs, which was an honorable mention. Uh, Scream, the Scream series, uh, which also can be considered meta because they are aware that they live in a horror situation. Yeah. Uh, American Psycho, They Live, and Return of the Living Dead. Meta horror movies, examples would be Cabin in the Woods, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. That's on uh, list. Wes Craven's mm-hmm. New Nightmare, Shaun of the Dead, uh, uh, Final Girls, and um, another, even Zombieland. Well, and another one on my list, You Might Be the Killer. 
Okay, yep, that is totally a meta horror. Mm-hmm. I, I have I have a meta horror on mine as well. <laughs> so like I said, I would have put Cabin in the Woods on here, but I think nowadays it has been more recognized and has a cult status. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people of have talked about probably do too. It but does, I'll explain but I that think, in a minute. I think yours, which was almost on my list too. Mm-hmm is less recognizable than Cabin because Cabin yeah. did go to theaters. Did it did launch the career of Chris Hemsworth. I mean, he was in some things before Cabin, but nothing in the lead position was like he, he was. Was before Cabin in the Woods? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, I think so. Okay, so yeah. this was his first, like, Well, his first movie was Star Trek. Yeah, but <laughs> nobody remembers him I from know, Star but Trek. I'm just saying that was his and first also one, the perfect which get- surprised me. There was also the perfect getaway with him and Steve Zahn and Mila Jovovich. It was a horror movie on the, the vacations uh, on I've an island. I've never seen it. It was okay. okay. It was okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was, uh, okay, we'll say his second movie after being in superhero stuff. So... Uh, but but Cabin in the Woods is great. I know there's a lot of people that really hate that movie, and that's I fine. Love it. I I I'm... And if you ever get a chance to pause at the board, oh, and look at all the different yes, things. Oh, they're great. Like the do raping the raping tree, which is from uh, oh, Evil God. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Heck, it's even fun to pause the scene when all the monsters unleash out of the elevator, yeah. so you can see all the different kinds. Or when the they're in the security room and you see all the different TVs and all the different monsters attacking. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, they did a really good job. Well, that could be saved for uh, another time. So. Right. Uh, I do have a couple honorable mentions for this. Um, I'm not going to get into too much detail about it. These are just just basically the title of the year they came out and just, you know, who's in it a little bit. Uh, Stir of Echoes, 1999. Uh, I felt this movie got overshadowed by The Sixth Sense. came out around the same time, and both movies feature a young child that can see ghosts. But Sixth Sense took all the spotlight. Stir of Echoes, I thought, was really good. Kevin Bacon's the lead. Mm -hmm. I do like that movie. Good soundtrack. It's creepy. Um, so I, I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, the Frighteners, 1996. Ugh. Michael J. Fox. That's my yes. favorite. Besides Back to the Future, that is my favorite Michael J. Fox movie, and it is my number one favorite Peter Jackson movie. It is movie, great. So. Uh, Josh and I watched that last year because he told me he had never seen it's it It's crazy. Before. And Did I'm he like, like, are it? you insane? Did he like it? Yes. Okay, good. I think so. <laughs> It's not. He led a- <laughs> me to believe that he did. So, <laughs> I I put it in the same category as like Ghostbusters. Neither movie are like exactly horror, but they're they have horror elements to it with a lot of comedy. I was just very impressed with the. Uh, I mean, some of the effects look kind of dated today, which mm-hmm. is fine. But when it came out, it was evolutionary. Yeah. And that the special effects that Peter Jackson used for that, I think it was like over three hundred computers or something like that that he used for the making of that eventually became the same stuff he used for Lord of the Rings. Um, but no, that was a fantastic movie for anybody out there. Um, I also have Bubba Hotep from 2002. This one is a very acquired taste I've movie. I've never seen it. It's okay. Not many people have. I don't know if I've heard of it. <laughs> Not many people have seen it. I feel like it. I would know that name. <laughs> Especially being friends with me. But yeah. uh, <laughs> Unless you talked about it, I've just never it, seen it. It has such a ridiculous plot that some of it could actually be believable. Not all of it, but some of it. Uh, it's directed by Don Coscarelli, the man who gave us the Phantasm movies and the Beastmaster movies. Um, this one stars the legendary Bruce Campbell. And Ozzie Davis and Bruce Campbell plays a Elvis. And let's just say Elvis never the Elvis we know never died on the toilet. Like like we know. Yeah. What if earlier in his career 
He got sick of all the spotlight, wanted to do his own thing, so he switched identities with an Elvis impersonator. And the Elvis impersonator is the one that died on the toilet. So the real Elvis could live his life the way he wanted to without the fame and people bugging him all the time. But, you know, as time progresses, he got old. And he did a show where he broke his hip and ended up in an old folks' home. So here we are in an old folks' home with an aging Elvis with a broken hip. And Bruce Campbell plays him, and <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Ozzie Davis... <laughs> is also in the old folks' home, and Ozzie Davis plays JFK. What if JFK uh, was kidnapped and died black to look like a black person and didn't get assassinated? So this is a black JFK, and his friend is aging Elvis in this old folks' home, and then all of a sudden a mummy comes out of nowhere to take the souls of these old folks in this old folks' home, and that's the movie Bubba Hotel. It's so ridiculous and weird, but I love it. It's not really scary, but it's just, it is 100% original. I will give it that. And Bruce Campbell, you know, he's known for those B-horror movie um, type roles. Yes, we know him as Ash and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but this is his best performance by far. He even records a special commentary track on the DVD where he is Elvis doing a commentary like When did this come out? 2002. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to let you borrow it. It's, yeah, for you're sure. You're going to think it's the dumbest movie because most people that I do tell to watch think it's the stupidest movie, but you have to admit it's original. There's nothing um, like I it. I enjoyed that one movie. <laughs> uh, what was that movie? I don't know. Uh, Apparently it wasn't that good. You can't think of it. No, the the deem, or uh, the one. Uh, Come to Daddy? No. Uh, it was like. <laughs> that one's good too. I got molested in the little boys. Oh. <laughs> you know. I hate to sorry you know that's what? the line I no, no, use, no. but that's the only you one I can what? think of. Sam was over that. the other day and she actually, because I told her about this episode we're yeah. doing, and she says, you need to add that movie. It's Night Killer. Night Killer, thank you. I was like, I almost <laughs> added it, but I couldn't that, think no, of it's the okay. name. We can save that one for movies that are so bad, bad they're, they're great. Good. Okay, yeah, yes, Night Killer. I'm not going to say much about it. Hilarious. It is horrible, but it's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I she brought that up and it made me think because that actor that plays that guy the overacting husband character he was the original doctor strange in the doctor strange tv movie in the 70s i have it <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> um yeah Boba hotel whoa He's so just relax <laughs> i also had the people <laughs> under the stairs from 1991 classic by wes craven i've seen it which yeah. is a satire mm-hmm. um I also had From Beyond from 1986, uh, Stuart Gordon, second adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft story after Reanimator with the, t- the same two stars, uh, Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton. I do recommend it if you are a fan of body horror. It is one of the most messed up body horror movies I've seen since the first The Thing. Um, and uh, Shrooms from 2007. Oh I really enjoyed that yes. one. Yes, I straight totally to video. About that movie, but uh, yeah, I've seen it a couple times. You know, the ending always gets me. Yeah, and you know, most movies about drugs, hardcore drugs, are usually those dramas that like make you feel dirty and gross, like Requiem for a Dream and stuff mm-hmm. like that, or they're comedies like Half Baked or Days of Confused. Shrooms is one of the first horror movies that I've seen that uses a hardcore drug, and it's very well done. Yeah. Um, and the last one I have is a movie called Gutter Balls from 2008, directed by Ryan Nicholson, who did recently pass away within a couple of years. This movie is a straight-up homage to 80s slasher. Everything about it, the music, the over-the-top acting, the nudity, the gore, the asshole characters. There is not a single character in the movie that you like at all and it's on purpose it's just 
I don't know. I love that a lot of it. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's a hard one. I uh, There's only a few friends that I've let borrow that movie, and they made it like halfway through and had to turn it off. It It kind of goes beyond certain things of what they show in mm-hmm. movies. I mean, some of the gore, it's definitely cheesy as hell, but there's a couple of scenes where the gore goes a little too far and it just turned them off like completely. So even my most hardcore horror friends. Mm. So it's a hard one to watch, um, especially because they're such unlikable people. Like you, you, there's at the time of its release, it came out in 2008. Other than the documentary called Fuck, which is the documentary about the word, Gutterballs was the number one movie of all time to have the most F-bombs in a movie. Oh, damn. Then Wolf of Wall Street came out and stole that yeah. trophy. But <laughs> Gutterballs was the number one, but because it's not a huge commercial movie, they didn't really include that on a lot of the main lists. But it is. Every other word is an F-bomb. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have for uh, honorable mentions. Those so are if some you want good honorable mentions, and I wish I would have thought of some <laughs> <okay>. of those. That's <laughs> okay. I only have I've four, seen so and many... probably not even that great. <laughs> I almost put the Full Moon Entertainment movies on this list as well, but I almost want to make that a whole episode, which are the like the Puppet Master movies and Subspecies and Demonic Toys, all the Full Moon Entertainment mm. movies. But that that could be its own yeah. thing. Some of my honorable mentions, which, again, I don't know if this would be an underrated gem. Um, I know a lot of people do not like this movie, but I like it because it's kind of scary because it could really happen. Well, a couple of my honorable mentions are like The, uh, the Strangers. It did happen, and that's why that oh, they yeah, made that's that movie. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, uh, it just really creeped me out when I first it saw does. it. It does. It gets under your skin. Yeah. yeah. Funny it's games so realistic. as well. And then uh, Quarantine is also another one that just... I even watched it like a couple months ago. Still gets you. And it still gets me. I don't know why. Like, it's just such a cheesy movie, but just like, it's just so realistic. Yeah. And then just them being just trapped in this building, the government not letting them out and all the stuff. And I'm just like, that is freaky to me. Because it could happen that way. Yeah. And then the old lady is freaky. The little girl's freaky. The thing that lives in the upstairs is walking around in his underwear. Yes. There's just a lot of, oh, I don't like it. That's pretty funny you mentioned that because I was so close to putting Wreck, the the movie that the original. Yeah, which I have not seen. I know we've had this discussion before. On the honorable mentions because that one still to this day is so terrifying. Yeah. I need to watch it because. It's basically the same, just in Spanish, but it does uh, change things. Like in the newer one, it's about more of like a zombie virus Mm -hmm. and the other one, it's different i'm not gonna tell you what it okay, is but yeah. it is different okay yeah i still have to give it a watch though so and then um i have critters on here. <laughs> i love critters <laughs> i know me too <laughs> <laughs> which i used to be terrified when i was a kid like i know we uh talked about this before of me being uh scared of chucky but i also saw critters but not Dude. the first one when i was a kid I saw the second one, so it was the oh, Easter one. Yeah, where they're all together in one giant critter yeah, ball. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> the the thing that scarred me is, is, like, I don't know why I was watching this movie. I was in third grade when I first saw this. Which, well, that's understandable. And when they were eating the dog. Yeah. That got me. And then I was so scared. Every time I got in and out of my bed, I got in and out so fast because <laughs> I thought they were just going to come rolling out you from know, underneath my bed, like... I I understand completely because it was the first movie that got to me because I saw it as a kid. I don't remember how old I was. And that one had the giant critter. That yeah. was the big thing. And looking back at it now, it's more of a horror comedy. Right. Sci-fi. Yeah, um, for sure. And it's completely legit to be scared of that thing, those things more than Chucky because 
Those things are from outer space. Yeah, Those are aliens with, with got, very like, sharp fucking teeth. Fucking sharp teeth, yeah. yeah. And they can swear yeah. in their alien language. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they have spikes uh, on, and that they can shoot. Freaky. But and they but can just it was, eat you and so fast. Right. Just like... Or if they don't, they're just going to nibble on you forever. And they, it, what got me is like, yes, I, I remember that scene you're talking about in part two. But the, the one that got me was in part one where you still really didn't know what they looked like. They were teasing them, and they were doing things. And there was a cop, and he was standing outside of his car, and they attacked him and pulled him under his cop car. That got me so scared. (laughs) Anytime I was by a car, anytime I was by my bed, because I never, I didn't know if they were hiding under my bed, ready to pull me under that. Yeah, Yeah, I completely get that. Absolutely. But then you get to Critters 3 and 4, and it's just, you know. Yeah, and then it gets, like, really over the top. <laughs> There's even so, a newer yes, one think, that came out, but. And that was on Sci-Fi. Critters There's attack. a female one in there. She's white <laughs> and, and kind. And, yeah, I watched I, I it. I respect but... them for bringing it back, though, you know, oh, for to sure. keeping them alive. I mean, they're doing better than the Ghoulies franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, that is definitely, um, definitely one of my no total underrated gem love the critters movie Mm -hmm. i have the critters box set a buddy of mine told me a long time ago i'm gonna quote him so i'm not gonna steal his quote you're not cool unless you own the critters box set and (laughs) that's me so i'm cool i got the critters Mm -hmm. box. i I do not but (laughs) now that the last movie came out maybe i'll purchase it but nope i'm not cool (laughs) but uh and then my last one is um which i'm sure we will talk about this movie again we won't it with more detail Mm -hmm. Um, Repo, the genetic opera. Yes. That movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a musical. Fan. I'd say more rock opera yeah. because it's more singing than it's got dialogue. Joan Jett in it. it. does have Joan Jett. Not very um, long, but she is in it first. As second. herself, mm-hmm. I think. I they don't really so. call her by no, her name. No. She's just there. <laughs> uh, it's just so good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's gory. Uh, it came out couple years actually a year or two before the movie repo men came it's got out paris hilton in it and she does a good job yeah. you get to see her rip her own face off which is great yeah. um there was a movie in 2012 called repo men maybe it was 2013 uh with jude law and forrest whitaker and i feel that movie kind of ripped off the genetic opera because they both have the same kind of thing where it's a future world and you can the rich can live longer by purchasing organs mm-hmm. uh to replace their failing ones and you know if you don't pay keep your payments up the repo man will come and take it out of your Mm -hmm. body (laughs) um but this like you were saying it's the rock opera version and no it's fantastic i still listen to the soundtrack today introduced me to it and everybody should see it every couple years (laughs) like it's just so good i mean some of the music is a little weird it's an acquired taste (laughs) but it's just so unique and and different and i i just freaking love it yeah i'm glad i'm glad it's still going but yeah we will talk about it in uh, more detail because i do want to do episode about musicals and we can talk about it in that but yeah, I'd say it's more of a rock opera because it's... Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, it is called the genetic opera, but yeah. that doesn't make it, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's different because musicals kind of have that whole singing and dancing and pulling, putting on an epic show for their song lists. Uh, same with Disney movies, but this one is more about, that's their conversation with each other. Yeah. That's the music. So a little different. It's great. Yeah, again, no, we'll great. get into detail a different day, and <laughs> so we could definitely uh, break this one down, but. Zydrate comes in a little glass vial, a little glass vial, a little glass vial. 
Anyways, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go but... listen to the soundtrack when I get. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first one on my list, right. um, and these are in no order. It's they sh- never are. Yeah, they're um, just ones that we picked. And like you know, we were saying, this was hard to come up with. This. Yeah, I remember seeing this movie, and I was like, oh my god, I have to tell Brian about this <laughs> because he's gonna love this okay. because it's just so unique, you know. And it's called uh, "You Might Be the Killer." It's so good. Which surprise, surprise, he had already seen and it by bought the time. It. <laughs> I had told him about it, and I was like, son of a bitch. You have no idea how excited I was. I was excited that you knew about it because still to this day, you and I are the only ones. I know. Nobody knows this movie, but it was a sci-fi And it was straight to video, too. Yes, And, and I happened to watch it on TV because, you know, I always record all the new sci-fi movies and stuff, so I just happened to catch it, and I watched it. I was like, oh, this one's so, this but so this, good. This movie proves, now you may not like this movie, I mean, I get it, but this movie proves my what I was saying on our first episode, that the original, it's not necessarily an original movie, but uh, it's, it, we'll get to that. But sometimes the best movies come out that don't have the most marketing, yeah. or are straight to video, or independent, and this mm-hmm. is a perfect example of that. So basically, it's a camp counselor, and he's suffering from blackouts, mm-hmm. and he's find um, finds himself surrounded by murder victims, mm-hmm. and he turns to his horror movie enthusiast friend who works at uh, Chuck, was, yeah, Chuck, who is uh, uh, Allison, Allison Hannigan, yep, and uh, and to contend with the idea that he might be the killer. Mm-hmm. Hence the title. Yeah. And Allison Hannigan's character, I would love to work at the store that she works at during the whole movie. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a. a it's like a horror movie, comic book, everything, yeah. store, odd, yeah. odd stuff. And she is basically us horror fanatics. Her character <laughs> is is us. We're we the horror fans that we know everything, all the cliches, all the, the tropes of horror movies. Mm-hmm. And she plays like the physical embodiment of our personalities. So she's per- she's very relatable. Yeah. And it, it's it's just funny, too. Like, it you is, know, it and... is a total meta horror movie yep (laughs) it even stars uh fran krantz who was um ah what was his name he was in cabin in the woods he was the the stoner oh yeah yeah he played marty marty yeah Mm -hmm. you know which people argue is one of the best characters in that movie but he gets the lead in this one and um he's not a stoner in this but he does do a really good job right and it's you know your typical camp Mm -hmm. movie you know you got counselors and stuff and does happen before the kids arrive very friday the 13th yes but but i'm not gonna you know i don't want to spoil anything but um but yes please watch it it's great find it rent it i don't care how you get a hold of it (laughs) it's it's it uh even the credits in the movie was really creative um where they're introducing all the characters and like their, I think it was like their life expectancy and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which reminded me of another one that I just thought of that I should have added to this list, which is another meta horror called Feast. Uh, I can't remember the year it came out. It's directed by John Gulliger, who went on to direct Piranha 3 Double D. Um, but uh, Feast was a movie produced by project Greenlight, which was a reality show that matt damon and ben affleck and wes craven had where they were trying to find new independent horror makers to oh. submit a film and if they win they'd produce their first movie and feast was the first movie oh, john okay. gulliger won it also probably was because john is the son of clue gulliger who is a, a huge 80s veteran b-movie actor but um besides the point 
Uh, Feast is pretty great. It's it has that Dawn of the Dead um, type scenario with a bunch of strangers locked in a place while armies of evil are outside trying to get them. Only they're like alien monster creatures. Oh, okay. But all the characters, it's it's meta because they all know they're in sort of a horror situation. I think I've they, seen. They this. introduce the characters in the beginning with a little bio on their like likes and dislikes their and their life expectancy and stuff like that. <laughs> And they make fun of the genre because they they even have a scene in there where a guy yes, I have yeah, seen where this. a guy jumps through the window that we've never seen before, yeah. and they're like, "Who the hell are you?" And he's like, "I'm the guy that's gonna save your ass." And then all of a sudden, a monster come in and just rips his head <laughs> off. So it's really funny. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, I totally have seen that. I had to look it up. Yeah, Jason Muse is like, in it. Sounds it sounds so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That one's a great one. It's super bloody and gory, so if that's not your thing, then I'd, I'd skip it. But it's uh, it's great. Henry Rollins, um, punk punk singer, famed punk singer of Black Flag, plays a uh, self-help motivational speaker. <laughs> I thought that's hilarious. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. So, yes, um, you might be the killer. I 100% recommend it. She 100% recommends mm-hmm. it to everybody to watch it. If you're a fan of meta-horror, and you like them kind of poking fun. It's not really parody, but it's poking fun at the, you know, Sleepaway Camp or Friday You're the 13th right. genre it, or 80s in general. It's such a great watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's very unique, even mm-hmm. though, you know, it's been done lots of times before. But Yeah, and it's super low budget, and they do a really good job with the gore in mm-hmm. it. The guy that gets his head cut right in half. Yeah. That was great looking. <laughs> All right, my... Uh, First one, which not in many order, not in any order, uh, is also a meta horror movie. This one came out in two thousand six, called "Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon." I knew this was going to be on your of list. Of course it is. I want everybody <laughs> to see this. If you are a horror movie fan, and more specifically a slasher movie fan, this is the movie for you. This is a movie made for horror slasher fans, created by horror slasher fans. It's it's perfect. It is a meta. It is also like a mockumentary, and it takes place in a world where famous murderers like Michael and Jason exist. And while they are the most recognized, there's another named Leslie Vernon who's trying to establish a reputation for himself. He enlists the help of a student documentary crew to film his story and his mission to successfully rain terror down on this town for a night. Um, The movie has all the tropes that you would expect in a slasher, but it also cleverly explains the reasons to have them. The character of Leslie is so likable. He seems like such a normal, funny, down-to-earth guy when he's not wearing a mask and terrorizing you, you know? And he becomes friends with this documentary crew as he goes through all the different steps, you know? He goes through the steps of picking out the victims for the night, picking out the girl he believes will be the final girl. Um, he goes through different things like like in typical horror movies when people are getting chased and they run upstairs and they're trying to get out the window and it never opens. He explains that because he nails them shut the day before. <laughs> you know, he nails them shut. Uh, there's great scenes of him. There's a scene of him working out, punching the punching bag, doing some cardio. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you know, those moments, you know, when they're when the killers are chasing you and. But, you know, and they always catch you, but it just looks like they're walking. It's all about cardio. You gotta have cardio. So it's like he's kind of poking fun at that at that genre, but it's it's so good. Um, and it does feel like a real-type documentary following this fictitious killer. Uh, it does turn into more of a horror traditional style uh, in the second half of the movie, but 
I think it's very well done. Uh, they do. Uh, Nathan Basil plays Leslie Burnett. I haven't seen him in anything else, but he's really good. He kind of reminds me of Jim Carrey a little bit. Um, the main student documentarian is uh, documentarian is uh, Angela Gothels. I might mispronounce that, but she was actually one of the McAllister kids in Home Alone. She was the sister that says, Kevin, you're what the French call les compétents. Okay. Yeah, so that's her. <laughs> and then uh, it brings in a couple of legendary, I- iconic horror people, Robert Anglin, Freddy Krueger, and Zelda Rubenstein from Poltergeist. Um, yeah, so I-, I definitely recommend that. Like I said, if you're a fan of the slasher genre, this one is definitely worth the watch. It's just, it's, it's very well written. Um, and like I said, they poke fun at all the different tropes, but they explain the reasoning for them. And in the, in the same time, they create a new iconic slasher that could exist with Michael and Jason and Freddy and all those guys. I like his mask. It's really creepy looking. His outfit, his fake backstory that he creates for that character in the, in the movie. It's great. So, and it's also, you know, Robert Englund kind of plays the Van Helsing of this. He's the hero hunting down Leslie. So it's interesting to see him play sort of a good guy this time. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I think I've seen it one time. Uh, I think you made us watch. Well, yeah, not probably. made us watch it, but I make everybody watch everything. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was definitely something. It's just unique. But um, I I don't really remember it. it that was what ten years ago. I don't know. How oh yeah, long. it came out in two thousand six, so <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. So I, it's it's been a long time. So I definitely need to rewatch it. Yeah, I recommend it. Um, like I said, to everybody, if you're a horror fan, um, there's not a lot of gore or anything in it. It's just really just the story, it's the dialogue, and just the different things that he he does in the movie that will remind you of other slasher movies. That's the the best parts to look out for. All right, what you got next? Um, another, another one. Another meta? Yep. All right. We uh, like meta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I just, so good. I just feel like the meta movies just are just very underrated. I think it's because there's not a lot of them. And most horror movies do feel cliche and typical. Yeah. So it's nice to get like a little different here and there, even if it does make them self-aware of certain things not like the the stuff in movies like tucker and dale and mm. and you might be the killer and behind the mask now the, the some of those things in there have been done thousands of times in other movies yeah but having characters sort of pointing out like the logistics and like like as i said self-aware yeah. of these typical things makes it all unique on all, on its own. Right. And uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, um, I remember the first time I saw it, it was on Hulu. And then it, I think it's now available on Netflix. I think so but too. Um, it wasn't always. And uh, you basically got the hillbillies, Tucker and Dale, <laughs> and then, you know, they're on vacation in their, you know, their summer, cabin their, that's their like... summer home. <laughs> yeah, that's like totally run down yeah, and looks like a serial looking cabin, killer yeah. cabin. Yeah. <laughs> and they're uh, mistaken for murderers by a group of college students who are also vacationing mm-hmm. nearby. And uh, 
I don't want to give anything away in case you have not seen it, but you know, they are not murderers and everything that happens is totally like by accident. (laughs) Yes. And that is what makes it so funny. It's, it's that it's, you know, it's that the, these kids, they're like, uh, they're smokers and they're um, very like sexually active, typical um, college kids that just think if you're a hillbilly living in the woods, you're automatically a oh, sadistic serial killer, yeah. like <laughs> Texas Chainsaw or Hills Have Eyes, and that's yeah. what they think of our our two leads. And you know, you get you get the story from both um, b- from both eyes of the different t- uh, types of characters you see through the kids. And you understand why they do what they do. (laughs) And then you go back to Tucker and Dale and you understand why they do what they do. And I think what really makes this movie work the most is the casting of Tucker and Dale. Alan Tudyk. Oh, and he's my favorite. Tyler Labine are so perfect. Alan Tudyk is amazing. But I've also really enjoyed Tyler Labine in basically everything I've ever seen him in. You could say he's bargain bin Jack Black. <laughs> kind of <laughs> looks like him. Um, but their chemistry is so good. It's almost like they've been friends forever. They work so well off of each other. And they're they're the best characters in the movie, hands down. And um, it's just, yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I mean, it's a, it's a horror movie. There's gore. Uh, there's the that element of confusion. But there's also a lot of heart with these characters as well. So very well made. I think first time director at the same time as well. And he did a really good job with it. Yeah. <laughs> that so. was almost on my list too. Um, <laughs> well, I think like, you, you know, you said like, it's kind of like Cabin in the Woods where it does probably have like a semi-cult following mm-hmm. now, but um, I, I have not I met a lot of people have seen it. Yeah. So um that's so, why it's on my list, but I just yeah. love it so oh, much. Oh, me too. And if you haven't seen it, those listening, I we 100% recommend it. We're going to recommend all these movies that we mm-hmm. talk about, but that one especially is just so funny. Um, it's genius. Um, and it kind of you know shows that people are actually like that. People do judge a book by their cover. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, when you're seeing it through their eyes and you see like, what they see when they see Tyler Labine come over to nervously talk to them and he's holding a sickle and he's looking all intimidating (laughs) and scary. But really, he's just scared and nervous, but you don't know that. He could be coming over to say something like scary to you. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) No, it's it's, it's fantastic. Um, My next one is a horror comedy. could be a meta as well, a little bit. I think we're just, these are all metas. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, the rest one, of mine are not. But. This one is called Cooties. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do out, love that movie. <laughs> came out in 2014. Directed by a duo named Jonathan Millet or Milet and Carrie Murnian. Uh, both of those people have directed Becky. Uh, recently, which was okay. I, I actually liked yeah. that. Kevin James as a yeah. like a um, white supremacist. Yeah, it's, like, it's weird killer. seeing him as a bad guy, yeah. but that little girl's badass. <laughs> right. Um, Cooties came out in 2014. Uh, the movie stars Elijah Wood, Rain Wilson, Allison Pill, Jack McBrayer, and Lee Wanell. Uh, this comedy horror comes from the unlikely but welcoming writing duo Leah Wanell, Lee Wanell, who also uh, wrote Saw and the Insidious series, and Ian Brennan, who wrote Scream Queens and Glee. 
very different types of writing styles, but they're two, they get together and they create this movie. It's about a mysterious virus that hits an elementary school inside tainted chicken nuggets in the small town of (laughs) Chicken, Illinois. The town is called Chicken. And transforms the kids into a feral swarm of killer zombies. Creepy. It is. uh, (laughs) An unlikely hero who is also a substitute teacher must lead a crew of other teachers to fight for their lives and survive the apocalypse and mayhem from these little kids. Um, Now, zombie virus movies have been done thousands of times. But I think this is like the first time we get them as children. Yeah. Which is why I really like it. And also the fact that our heroes are a bunch of comedians playing these teachers at an elementary school, for the most part, comedians. Right, yeah. And it just works. It really works. Rain Wilson is the gym teacher. He's so funny. He's an asshole, and he has this really weird obsession with the actor Jason Patrick. And <laughs> and he drives a dual rear wheel Yeah, truck. I couldn't say I'm like, I can't even say it. <laughs> he drives a dual rear wheel truck, and there's a great little scene of him trying to say that that word of what he drives and he just can't say it's really funny they all have these different uh personalities um that i think are written very well um our our lead is elijah wood he plays the substitute teacher clint he's a failed novelist that has to move back home in with his mom and work at his former elementary school just to be closer to his former crush played by allison pill who is also a teacher and he tries too hard to sound like he's mature and successful, even like going as far as referring to his own mom by her first name just to impress people. But he does come off as sort of douchey. But, you know. <laughs> and then we have the gym teacher, Rain Wilson. He's super great. And then I also like uh, the biology teacher, which is Lee Wanell. He plays a character in it. And he's so socially awkward and sometimes says the weirdest things to put himself into conversation with others. He just doesn't know how to communicate with people i mean he's the first time you see him he's reading a book like how to make normal conversation or something (laughs) like that and uh he has one of the best one of my favorite moments in the whole movie uh when the outbreak happens all the kids are on the playground playing whatever and then the they all of a sudden turn into the you know the flesh-eating little terrors and they're roaming around going crazy attacking whatever teachers that are out there and the rest of our cast is in the uh, teacher break room and they're not even noticing what's what's going on outside i mean there's windows all around they don't notice it and then lee Winnell's character is the first person to notice it and he just calmly casually looks out the window and goes oh look carnage <laughs> just says it just <laughs> like that and then it's and then it starts it goes crazy mm-hmm. yeah that movie's like not only hilarious but it's also freaky like it has some freaky yeah. moments. Those kids can be pretty yeah. freaky. They stare at you from down the hall, you know, and and you know all all the stuff is there with the different like the gym teacher using different gym equipment to help um, fight off the kids. Uh, Jack McBrayer is really funny in it. There's another uh, girl in it. I didn't write her name down. I afraid she's from SNL, uh, who's also in it. A couple other people are like, oh hey, it's that guy. Hey, it's that guy. Yeah. Um, but very very well done for such a simplistic plot. I uh, very much enjoyed it. I do recommend it to all. Agreed. Um, my next one is The Babysitter. Mm-hmm. Has a sequel too, right? Yes. And I think they're, I mean, the first one is better, but the sequel is just as good. Stars one of your new favorite actresses. Yep, Samara Weaving. Mm-hmm. 
Which she she's actually good. in another movie that I have on my list. <laughs> it's all right. She's good. <laughs> but basically, uh, it's this kid named Cole, and he's like obsessed with his babysitter, who is, you know, Samara Weaving. Her name's B, and they're like best buds. Mm-hmm. He's like a nerd, you know, like he. Well, I, wouldn't say super nerd, but he, you know, maybe. yeah, he he doesn't have a lot of friends. Socially he gets awkward. picked on, yeah, and bullied and stuff. And um, so you know, after he goes to bed at night, you know, he's curious to see because his friend always says like, oh, you know, after hours when you're, ba- you know, when you after you go to bed or whatever, that's like when the real party starts. And so he's always curious, you know, to see what his babysitter does when he goes to bed. Well. Uh, Little does he know that his babysitter is a cedar. Babysitter is a, a what would you call it? A satanic. Satanist. Uh, yes, thank you. A, a cult. Her and her friends are a cult, and they like to sacrifice virgins. That is the real party right there. Yeah. So he like totally sees her just like kill this guy, and then it just kind of goes off from there, and it's it's just so funny mm-hmm. and. Um, the situations that he gets himself in is hilarious, and and I just love it. Yeah, it was very creative, very original, very well acted, mm-hmm. and still had a great homage to movies of the '80s as well. Yeah, it has a great um, cast, and I've enjoyed everything I've seen Samara weaving in, especially Guns Akimbo. And, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, no, that and, one's a really we'll good talk one. That about one's about the other movie in a second. That one's on Netflix, and so is its sequel. I, I actually yeah. haven't seen the sequel yet, but I've seen the first one. And I really enjoyed it. So it's on my list. To yeah, watch I keep this asking. Month. I'm like, have you watched The Babysitter? People are like, no. I'm like, oh my God, you have it's, to freaking watch this it. This is that thing. You know, people, you know, they'll complain there's not original movies and there's always sequels, prequels, and remakes, but you try to tell them to watch something original. They're like, nah, I'm going to watch this sequel right, instead. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, just give it a chance. Because <laughs> at first I was like, what is this movie, you know? Maybe they feel that their time is worth more than watching something original. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just totally different than what I ever expected it to be when I Same. first, you know, watched the trailer. Or, well, I don't even know if and I watched you, the trailer. But. You never know. You just give something a chance. That's why we have these underrated gems. We gave these movies a chance, and they became some of our favorites. Yeah. So. And, and it's rare that the sequel is just as good well i wouldn't say it's just as good but it's still pretty good like it's still pretty funny and it still brings back like the original cast and everything so um definitely give it a watch <laughs> i will i will um my next one you haven't out. seen it i've seen the first one. Oh yeah you just said one. that okay we said i'll give it a watch <laughs> and i'm like what i thought you were talking about the second one. Oh no just it in general <laughs> um yeah, I actually saw it the when it was when it first premiered because oh, okay. I, I remember seeing ads for it on Netflix. Yeah, because I do peruse the coming soon part of Netflix that show little you know you can look at little trailers of things. Oh, I guess I've um, never seen that. And yeah, that was on there. And plus, I here and there I go to the local like bookstore and look at like Fangoria and Rue Morgue and other horror magazines, and they're always advertising a lot of these things. That's how I knew about Tucker and Dale before oh, it came okay. out and Behind the Mask and all these, because they're all advertised in these horror magazines. I mean, yeah, you could probably look online, but I, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old school. I look at the <laughs> magazines. Um, uh, my next one comes from 1994. It may have been seen by people. Uh, it's called Brain Scan. Directed by John Flynn, who gave us Lock Up with Sylvester Stallone. Never seen it. Uh, this movie stars Edward Furlong, 
from Terminator oh, okay. 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Frank Langella, who was also in, uh, who he played Skeletor in the Masters of the Universe movie, and he was also in that uh, movie The Box with uh, James Marsden and Cameron Diaz. Oh, okay. That was okay. Yeah. But he was good. He was the one with the, the messed up face that okay. gave him the box. Yeah. Um, and an actor named T. Ryder Smith. Now, this movie is about a high school horror movie fanatic, Edward Furlong, who ha- even has his own horror club at school. He's seen it all. He's played it all. He loves everything horror. Well, he gets an opportunity to play a new game that isn't released yet. And this game is said to be the most realistic and scary experience for any horror fan. So he immediately jumps on it to play it. And he turns on the game, and he is immediately thrown into a real-world situation involving a murder and a crazy, horrific madman madman named the Trickster who helps guide through guide him through the levels. He stops playing the game because it's too much for him and realizes that the murder in the game actually happened, and the police now think he is the killer. So the Trickster invades his real the real world outside the game to guide him through to finish the game by avoiding the police and maybe even killing those he loves. Is this a game? Or is it reality? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I've yeah, never seen it. It's pretty that. good. It's a, it's a 90s movie. Um, I did like It's one uh, of my favorite movies with Edward Furlong. Yeah, I liked him back in the day because of, you know, Terminator 2. Yeah, he was good when he was a kid. Nowadays, you know, I, Detroit Rock City I liked. Oh my gosh, I love that movie so much. That strip scene. <laughs> love it. We'll have to talk about that that movie someday. But I love that one. <laughs> Me um, too. But yeah, brain scan. I uh, it's I remember seeing it when I was a kid, um, and then it like it was a rare movie to find on VHS, and it never had a like a DVD release until many many years later. And then I found out it had a DVD release, but then I didn't get it at the time because it was rare. And then they never remade it on DVD, but I was lucky enough to find it, and it's still a pretty decently cheap price. So now oh, I okay. have it, and I'm never getting rid of it because. They haven't made another version of it. It's not on Blu-ray. Right. so you'll have to, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say borrow it because you probably won't let me have that. But uh, you should bring it over and we should watch it. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm going to bring a lot of these movies yeah. over. So, um, And the trickster, he's an interesting character, very over the top. You could say he's the antagonist of the movie. Um, he's played by the actor T. Ryder Smith, which I haven't seen. In anything, I did look up his IMDb. It looks like he did a lot of voice work for video games, most notably Bioshock. Um, but he, the character is very strange, very weird. Uh, but it's just, it's such a weird movie, but it has a, something I've seen before. There's been movies where people play games and it could be real, like that movie Stay Alive, which I thought was okay. Um, that one had Frankie Muniz in it. And oh, my God. I saw that. That, that was, was okay. a long yeah, ass time that ago. That was okay. I was like um, 16, I think, when I yeah. saw that movie. And there was an old Full Moon Entertainment movie called Arcade with uh, Ralphie from A Christmas Story playing a game that could be real, you know. <laughs> and Seth Green. Uh, <laughs> movie's ridiculous. Um, so it's not a new idea, but I it, just the way they do it with the little money they had, I thought they did a pretty good job with it. It's not really scary at all. It might even not be even considered a horror movie. I mean, there is murder in it, but it's more of a mystery than anything. Yeah. But I really like it. It's horror very thriller. It's very nineties. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next one is another uh, Samara Weaving. Mm. We'll just get to that. I still uh, haven't seen it. I, I know that she. I know what it. it is too that she put on her list. I still haven't watched. Ready it. or not. Yeah. 
I have the movie, too. I don't know why I love this movie. Like, (laughs) I'm sure it's definitely not for everyone, hence why it's on my list, but it's just so great, and it's just hard to find. People have seen it. It it is fairly recently released. I'll make a promise. I will watch it this month because it is a horror movie, right? Yes. And it is October. I would say that. So it'll be part of my 31 days of horror. I will watch it October 31st. I'm just kidding. I will try to watch it within the next few days. Watch, you're going to text me and be like, that movie is fucking terrible. (laughs) No, I won't. It's trash. Yeah. (laughs) Mediocre. It's trash. And you'd be like, I know you don't use that word, so you're lying. That movie should have flopped. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, Samara Weaving is getting married to this like super fucking rich guy. Uh, Played by Mark O'Brien. Him and his family comes from a very wealthy family. And you can tell. Like, they're very snobby, you know, Mm. whatever. His name's Alex. And uh, he has a brother, Adam Brody. Mm -hmm. Played by Adam Brody. But uh, so basically she's getting married to this guy and she finds out, you know, not until the wedding night, you know, because her husband didn't give her a heads up. What a dickhead. But um, they have to play this game that they play every time a new member is married into the family. So whether it's a, you know, a female or a male, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. If you're a new member of the family, you have to play this game, which is basically you pick a card out of a box and it tells you what game you get to play. Sometimes it shoots and ladders. Sometimes, you know, it's just checkers or, you know, like just simple things. Mm -hmm. Well, of course she picks the worst card that she can get, you know, and which is um, hide and seek. Which she thinks, oh, just hide and seek. Like, I'm just going to hide. It's going to be no deal. They're going to find me. Uh, no, they're going to try to kill her. If they if they find her, they kill her, basically. Mm. So it's not hide and seek. It's ready or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ready or not, I will find you <laughs> and kill you. <laughs> so, you know, she kind of soon realizes that that's what's happening. And, you know, um, she's trying to get out and escape and stuff like that. And, you know, she has uh, until dawn so until the sun comes up um to escape or win the game and uh so i won't you know obviously i'm not going to give the ending away but the ending oh my god i was just like i i didn't know what was happening and i was just like started laughing so hard but but in a good way yes yes and it's great (laughs) i just I loved it. Well, you, so. you got to be kind of glad she picked that card because a horror movie about a game of checkers might not be that. Right? Great. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you can, you know, spoiler, you know, like spoilers. It's not checkers. Yeah. <laughs> now um, I do want to watch it. It does look great. I do like her a lot. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's taking me long so long to watch it. Well, Maybe I'm just doing it on purpose to piss you off. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> an asshole. <laughs> but no, yeah, definitely. I I love it. It's it's unique i think you know and mm-hmm. um the cast is great and it has um i don't know her name i know she, a lot of people don't know her uh melanie scrofano i don't know if i saying that right i'm sorry she plays the sister okay. and she is from a show that i like that's actually a sci-fi show called renona rider no. Don't know her, don't know that show, but... No. Or no, not Winona Ryder, oh my god. <laughs> You're like, Earp? don't know that? Yes, Winona thank Earp? you, Winona Ryder. <laughs> it's like, I know who Winona Ryder is. I was like, is. thinking about it, I'm like, wait, that ain't right. <laughs> uh, no, okay, no, right. Winona Earp. 
which is she's a descendant of the herb. We're not going to get into that. But anyways, right. that show is great. I love it. So, but it's also super cheesy, but it's really good. Cheesy's fine. So Cheesy's it had fine. her in it and I was like, oh, cool. So I was excited because I've never seen her in anything else. <laughs> all right. All right. Add it to my list there. Yes, please. It is on Vudu. So if you have Vudu, you can purchase it on Vudu. I'm not sure if it's any on any other streaming platform. I but, have um, not seen it anywhere else, but I wouldn't be surprised if it would be on HBO. Some okay, soon, probably or maybe knows? even Paramount Plus, one of those. Yeah, too. something I don't know about. Uh, my next one came out in 2014. It's actually the only one on here that's a sequel to something, and it's actually a sequel that I like better than the first one. Not saying the first one is bad. First one is great, but the second one just blew it out of the water. It's a it's a horror movie that not many people know about either. This one is Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead. It is the sequel to Dead Snow. Uh, and Dead Snow Never is... Never <laughs> uh, you're They're um, kind of meta as well. This is kind of a okay. meta, or sort of. Um, the first one was of um, a bunch of young people that go... Um, it's a German-directed uh, film. So it is... Um, they had voiceover subtitles and things like that. Okay. And uh, they, it was a bunch of uh, friends that go to a cabin for the weekend to ski, play in the snow and stuff like that. And they, you know, they're all horror fanatics. They do reference movies like Evil Dead and Dead Alive and stuff like that. And they accidentally uh, unleash an army of the undead that are actually German Nazi soldiers. <laughs> so Nazi zombies are our antagonists. It's fantastic. Yes, it does sound like a ridiculously stupid plot, but it's so well done. I love it. <laughs> and there was, sorry, spoiler alert, there was a survivor at the end of the first one. He returns for the second one to star in this, and he is still being chased by our Nazi army. So he now enlists the help of an american group of uh zombie fanatic nerds uh, to help him you know figure out a way to defeat this uh undead army of nazis he also finds that he has a unique special ability to ha that he can use as a weapon against this uh against this horde and also enlists the help of another army of undead russian soldiers to have a battle against the <laughs> german soldiers it's so cool it is my favorite zombie movie of all time don't get me wrong i will always love the romero zombie movies and and other things but this one is just the most fun to watch the effects are so good um they they definitely go a little further than other zombie movies as far as what kind of people die they're not afraid to offend people. I mean, there is a scene of a baby dying. There is a scene of Aww. somebody mentally disabled that dies. There's a scene of old ladies that die, like innocent people. But it's also meant for a little bit of comedy as well. So um, they are not afraid <laughs> to mm -hmm. do that. Uh, but the inclusion of the, the Russian army, the zombies uh, battling the German army in this big war at the end is worth it alone to see this movie. Uh, it's to, uh, the the leader of the American nerds is American actor Martin Starr from the movie Knocked Up. Um, got the glasses. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on an episode of Community. Adventureland. Yep. Uh, this is directed by Tommy Wercola, who did the first Dead Snow. He also did the Netflix original What Happened to Monday, and the very awesome Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. I saw uh, <laughs> What Happened to Monday. Was that pretty good? It had uh, what's her face? New me rapace. Yeah, I I actually really enjoyed it. it I thought it was cool. really good. And I like Hansel and Gretel witch hunters, so mm -hmm. I, I do enjoy Tommy's uh, style. 
but I do recommend the Dead Snow movies. Like I said, it's it's a they're you know, this one on my list is probably the one that people will least want to see just because of the subject matter, <laughs> but it's just so fun. And if you like zombie movies, I 100% recommend this movie to be a part of your zombie watching marathon. And you can start with the first one if you want to. It is good to establish what kind of movie you're getting yourself into. But you can honestly want, start watching the second one because it does recap the first one in the beginning. So it's not a huge, um, you won't miss too much of it. Um, That's kind of good. Unless you really want to know like how the, the German uh, zombies like came to be, how they were brought back. But it's not a huge thing. But the second one, it's so good. It's so funny. It's over the top. It, it does things that it just will shock you and will make you laugh uncontrollably. Like, what the fuck yeah. just happened? <laughs> so. It sounds amazing. Super gory. It's so bloody, but it's a bloody good time. You see what I did there? <laughs> Stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so my next one, which... Again, I don't know if this would technically be underrated because I do see a lot of um, memorabilia for this. But again, it's like a movie that I don't know a lot of people have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. Which is, I uh, would say the character, sorry to interrupt. I would mm-hmm. say the character of Sam that's on the cover is, is more... the popular thing yeah. of this movie. And, and it, that's it over right. the movie itself. That's, so. That is true, because yeah, you don't really see anything else besides him. I don't. Do I don't see, see an action figure of the the killer teacher. Yeah. Not that I'd want one, but I don't see it. Right. Yeah. No. This <laughs> this movie's so great, and I watch it every year. Well, you it's, know. Yeah, You've it's a great it. anthology. Yeah. Um. So basically, you got five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween, mm-hmm. and um, like a high school principal, um. College virgin. Who's, Typical stuff. Yeah. But it's done well. Yeah. And it all intertwines and... Um, and they all have to do with Halloween as a holiday. Yes. Yes. It's actually like... Well, it is called trick or treat. But yes, it actually <laughs> happens on Halloween right. night. And um, I feel like it's, I guess, rare nowadays. I feel like there's not a lot of movies that actually happen on Halloween night. Yeah. Well, Halloween did. Well, I know. I mean, there's movies, but I mean, it's like... No, the movie Halloween. It's not as common anymore, I feel like, as it used to be. Yeah, you don't find too many of them anymore. And I will say also, you don't find too many anthology movies anymore. There have been a couple, like Mm -hmm. the VHS series. Yeah. um, But with you probably agreeing, I think Trick or Treat did it the best out of all of the recent ones that they've had. Because they had cohesive stories that fit together perfectly even at the end and had good acting in yeah as well. and, and there's some really creepy moments mm-hmm. and and sam is cute and all but he's also he's not very cute. creepy he is <laughs> not i don't know why why people he'll... would find him cute because just is it just because he's little it's is just, that his thing it's just and just the way he carries his little bag and... he's a trick-or-treater but <laughs> yeah. you've seen his face but yeah but i'm just saying that's you just wait because I was saying like he's with cute until you see his face and then you're like, okay, he's I don't know why cute. I thought he was cute. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you first see him, you're like, oh. But you know but... what? That's that is the the thing that goes for any type of character in any movie that you find adorable. They have to be little, and they don't speak. Yeah. 
that's that's the ruling. <laughs> that's why people say BB-8 is cute in Star Wars. That's why they say, you know, other characters like that. Yeah. <laughs> just because they're small and they don't speak. So automatically it just makes uh, our minds say, Grogu, oh, adorable. Baby Yoda. Yeah, Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. you know. Well, he does look adorable. That's a, that's know. a different thing. Oh, you know I love you know baby Sam Yoda. doesn't look adorable. That's true. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, but it's got a Dylan Baker in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Doctor Connors, Spider Man. <laughs> um, Anna Paquin. Mm-hmm. Playing, they used to play uh, Rouge. I mean Rogue. I'm just kidding. Rogue, yeah, Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brian Cox. Uh-huh. The original mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, a lot of different people. So, but yeah, it's it's great. It's produced by Brian Singer of the X Men franchise and directed by Michael Doherty, which I believe is his first movie that he ever made, and he did a really good job with his first movie. He did um, get a lot of respect in the uh, movie world, and and uh, his follow up to Trick or Treat was Krampus, which I also enjoyed. Maybe we'll save that movie for December. Yeah, I I almost had that as an honorable mention, but I was like, no, that's a Christmas, <laughs> Christmas movie. movie. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I just didn't want to get into any of the stories yeah, specifically because that would give it away too much and I didn't want to spoil it. If that you and it's, it's out it. there and you yeah. can see it. If you haven't seen it, totally recommend it. It's, yeah. per, it's one of the most perfect Halloween movies to watch You know, when you're celebrating the holiday because it has everything in it. Yeah. It has all the do's and don'ts of respecting the uh, tradition of Halloween, whether it comes to decorating or trick or treating or, can- or yeah, pumpkins and, and lighting the jack o' lantern yeah. and yeah, it's got some ghost stories. There's some creepy moments in it for sure. There's some gore in it, a little bit of nudity, so it's definitely not for kids. It is rated R, but it's uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, I like now I people said, are I saying it it's year. overrated. I do, I do no, not agree with that. I don't agree with probably because they talk about it a lot, but it's. It is everywhere. There's so much merch for this movie, as well, at least the Sam character, everywhere. But yeah. no, it's, as a movie, it is fantastic. But that's the thing. Like, you see the merch everywhere, but, like, it's hard to actually find people who have seen actually watch it. the movie. Yes. Now. They're like, oh, I know that movie. But have they seen it? No. There, there, There is a little short. It might even be on the DVD or Blu-ray of the movie that I recommend people watching that Michael Doherty did create. It's animated, and it's just a tiny little short of that features Sam going around trick-or-treating, and he's there after hours, and he's disappointed because no one's home, and it's dark out, and he just wants his candy. <laughs> and that kind of inspired towards the, the bigger movie, so yeah. check that out. Well, I think there's also a comic where there's a... I think, think there is now. Yeah. I don't think there was before. No, I don't think there was before, but I think there is a comic now. Mm-hmm. Well, because the opening credits and the introduction of each story is kind of like a comic. It almost yeah. reminded me of Creep Show a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very good. It's one of my faves. Absolutely. All right. My next one. Uh, don't worry. I know this episode's running a little long. We did, we did make six um, underrated gems. I don't know why I picked that number, but I did. No, uh, like it should six. be like 20 because <laughs> we have like 20, but no, no. six is good. Uh, so my fifth one is another one that's divisive. A lot of people I recommended to did not like it. They didn't They didn't want to take the chance to watch it. There's just certain things about it that I love so much about it because like The Strangers, it is something that could happen for real. Not saying that because it could happen that makes it the scariest of them all. I just That's just a part of it. And that is Frozen, 
And no, not the Disney movie of the same name. Uh, this one came out in 2010. I was like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Elsa, she could really happen. Yeah, <laughs> no. that could um, be a horror movie, really, technically. <laughs> uh, Frozen is directed by Adam Green, who gave us the Hatchet movies, Digging Up the Marrow, and the very awesome uh, show that nobody ever saw, Holliston. Uh, the movie stars Sean Ashmore, of the, uh, who was uh, Iceman in the X-Men, funny enough, playing a character in Frozen. Um, <laughs> and he was also the Lamplighter in The Boys TV show. It also has Emma Bell, who played Amy on The Walking Dead, and Kevin Zegers from the movie Wrong Turn. They play three friends that go skiing for the weekend at Mount Holliston. Uh, they end up not having enough money for the lift uh, ride to take them up the mountain on the last night of the weekend before the place is closed for the rest of the week. It is the type of place that is only open on the weekends. So because they don't have enough money, Emma Bell's character has to bribe the lift worker to let them on before the place closes. So it happens, and they get on the lift for one last downhill moment of fun. Uh, nearing its closure, the lift worker is instructed to shut down the lift, kind of forgetting about our three skiers still still being on there. So the trio now is stranded on the lift near the top of the mountain. When they see the ski resort lights shut down in the distance and the place goes dark, they have a choice to get. They have, they have to make a choice now to get off the lift somehow or freeze to death. It is a very real, dun, dun, real dun. <laughs> it is a very realistically looking movie. I mean, it's in the vein of movies like Open Water, maybe even Blair Witch a little bit, where it does take place in the one location with the same cast, our three leads, and they have to decide. You know, it's super cold out there. They are like sixty feet in the air, and I mean, what would you do when the place is closed? Now, there have been a lot of nitpicks from people. Uh, two of them I can think of that people criticize. Why don't they have their cell phones? And couldn't they just tie their clothes together like rope? Well, both of those actually have been debunked. Adam Green, the director, did a lot of research for this movie to make it as realistic as possible, even going as far as filming it as realistic as possible by actually being up there with him, with them on their own lift, not really in below freezing during weather, but um, <laughs> There's no green screens. There's no, you know, special effects or, um, you know, stages, anything like that. So, uh, but he has spoken with tons of professional skiers and snowboarders uh, researching this movie. And they all never have their cell phones on them when they're skiing because of they either don't have signal when they're on the mountain, no matter what provider they use, or the fear of it getting damaged, falling out of their pocket and stuff like that. So that's what he used, and that's the reason why. And you do see our characters put their cell phones in a locker before they go out skiing. So there's that. And then the whole tying the clothes together, I think that was actually debunked on the show Mythbusters. So what happens when you tie your clothes together, also knowing it is below freezing weather outside, three things can happen. One, your arms would give out from being so high and trying to climb down these clothes. Or two, the clothes would rip because they can't hold your weight and all and you know or you know and, and or you would freeze to death from being half naked trying to climb down your clothes <laughs> yeah. so you know that those were all considered so it is an interesting movie about tension of what these three friends could do in this moment i've heard I, of it but i've never seen it it's it has a lot of tension and uh there's certain things that happen when they get closer and closer to trying to resolve the situation they're in but it's really more about that tension that builds the realistic tension that it builds and i thought it was very well made 
not a big budget, and I love Adam Green uh, as a director. The three actors did a really good job as well. But, you know, it's okay if it's not your thing. Yeah, I'll give it a watch. Sounds interesting to me. I also own it. I'll bring that over. Okay, add it to to the list. Add it to the list. (laughs) All right, what's the last one on your list, or do you have two more? Nope, I have one more. Okay. Um, And this one I saw, I think this came out in 2010. Mm-hmm. And this movie really spooked me when I saw it because it's just, again, realistic. Mm. Um, the Crazies. Mm. Um, remake. The remake, yes. Um, mm-hmm. The original came out in 1973 by George Romero. Yeah, and I don't know if I've seen that one, but it stars okay. uh, Timothy Oliphant. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's Danielle uh, Panabaker, right, and then name Joe again. Anderson, who mm-hmm. I first I know him from across the universe. Okay. Um, but you know, basically, um, some kind you know people in their small little town are going crazy, mm-hmm. and they're like, "What's happening?" And they kind of come to the conclusion that it's in the water. Um, but that's not really a big spoiler. That's kind of like a right away thing that you learn. But um. So basically, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on, what's happening. They're trying to escape. And I, I think the people going crazy are very creepy. And <laughs> yeah, the makeup is good in this movie. Yeah. No, it's really great. And uh, it's, you know, him and his wife who's pregnant. So Timothy um, plays a guy named David. And it's him and his wife, Judy. And I'm pretty sure she's a... I think she's a doctor in town. Okay. Have you that, seen that, this? Yeah, a long time ago. And that oh, creates okay. more of the tension by having a character that's pregnant that needs to stay alive. Right, Kinda yeah. Like a quiet place. <laughs> yeah, so they're just basically trying to escape the whole time, and, the, and, the, and then the ending really stresses you out, and it's just very good, and it creeps me out. <laughs> and it, it's just very realistic, just it's, like quarantine. And... Yeah, and it's also becoming a trope, too, now, at least with the ones we've talked about. Where the horror starts in a small town. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We do have those horrors that have that happen in like New York City. and well, Actually, the big cities are for for aliens. Aliens attack the big cities. Yeah, that's and true. Like independent. Horror stuff. movie characters attack small towns. That's, yeah. that's, there's the connection. <laughs> or there's camps. The, the difference right there. Yeah, or camps. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> that's like out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. For sure. No, I actually really enjoyed The Crazies. Um, I do need to watch it again because it has been years. Yeah, same. And I was telling you earlier, I used to work at a hotel a long time ago. And one night, uh, we wouldn't get a lot of customers either, but we, we did have a couple. And it was about a year before that movie was released. And uh, a couple of young people came in. I was chit-chatting with them about horror movies. And one of them, I can't remember her name or else I'd give the shout out and hope that she's still doing stuff like this. But she is uh, got to play an extra in that movie. And she was actually hanging out at the hotel for like a weekend and then shipping off to where they were filming that movie. Oh, okay. and, and I think you can actually, you can see her in the movie. It's in the diner scene. And she plays a crazy person just background okay. character so it was really cool to, to yeah, meet an extra awesome. in a horror movie so we had a, a fun night talking about random horror movies and things like that so oh that's awesome so i forget your name but if you're one in a million chance listening yeah. to this obscure <laughs> podcast this shout out goes to you yeah. and i hope you're doing well <laughs> oh that is hilarious <laughs> um but yeah i 
yeah, I do want to watch that again. I don't, I don't know if it's on any streaming channel right now or anything because I don't, I don't own it. I don't even own the original. The original's not the best. Yeah, I mean, I George it, Romero makes great zombie movies, but that one's kind of eh. I think it was on Netflix for a while, if I can remember right. Um, but I haven't seen it in a while. But yeah, it's also been years since I've seen mm. it. But I just remember really liking it and thought it was really good and creepy yeah. and it really creeped and, me out. And um, Timothy Oliphant is a good leading actor in movies. Yeah. So he makes it enjoyable. And, you know, we I do want to have an episode, uh, if we can, about horror remakes. About good ones, at least in our opinion, because there are a lot of bad ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, most remakes are bad. If you're only, well, I wouldn't say they're bad. I mean, they're still competently made, and I respect just it and everything. They're just not as, good as, as good as the original. Yeah. But there are some horror movie remakes that I enjoyed, like talking about Friday the Thirteenth. I did enjoy that remake. It's not better than the Friday the Thirteenth original movies, but you can uh, still appreciate at it. At least, well, production quality is better, but I still always have the love for the original movies. Um, but it's well made for what it is. And I think yeah. the crazies Oops. is another example of that of being well made um from the old movies. So we'll have to have a episode about that. I yeah. wanna have one. By the sounds of it we just need to have a marathon of movies, apparently. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I need to yep, it is the season, it is our, our genre. We gotta watch lots of them. Okay. So mm-hmm. <laughs> my last one is one that um had a theatrical release in 1994. Uh, it was talked about a little bit, and then it kind of vanished and then had a little cult following when it finally hit uh, Blu-ray recently. People do know of it. The hardcore fans do know of it, but I don't hear much about it, and it's never on anybody's top 31 movies to watch for October anywhere. You know, I've seen those lists on Facebook. This is what Shudder recommends. This is what Hulu recommends, and this one's never on there, but I think it should be. It's great. In the Mouth of Madness came out in 1994, directed by the amazing John Carpenter, who gave us Halloween and The Thing. In the Mouth of Madness is actually the third and final film in John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy, is what he calls it, that started with The Thing and followed by with Prince of Darkness. Hmm. What is, well, it stars Sam Neill, our own Alan Grant from Jurassic Park, uh, Jurgen Prochnow, who was uh, the... Um, villain in beer fest i mean he's in a lot of other movies but that's the one that comes to mind (laughs) and uh the amazing charlton heston from planet of the apes now what is in the mouth of madness what does it mean well it's that thing that offers pain and suffering beyond human understanding in the mouth of madness explores the fluid idea that reality is a fragile thing that only is what we say it is and if sane were to suddenly become insane all would be lost. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the movie is about a horror novelist named Sutter Kane that Jurgen plays, and he is the most popular fiction writer who ever lived. His books make more than Stephen King. They even say that in the movie. Um, his writings have an evil power to influence readers to go utterly insane and just be obsessed with any story that he writes. One day he disappears and the world goes crazy. Uh, Sam Neill's character, John Trent, is an insurance investigator who is hired by Kane's publicist to find out where he went. Uh, Neill is a very skeptical person. He doesn't believe in the popularity of Kane's work, and but he takes the case, got to make that money, and he reads his books to get a more understanding of who this Kane person is, and he still is very skeptical about everything. And his adventure leads him to the small town of Hobbs End. 
The thing about this town is that it only exists in Kane's stories. John discloses that Kane's twisted imagination is changing the reality and perception of those who read his novels. It only gets crazier from there. A lot of this film is inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft, including creatures, and even some of the dialogue was actually lifted directly out of his stories. Carpenter is a huge fan of Lovecraft, as am I. Um, there, you can see a young Hayden Christensen in the movie makes Aww. his film debut. Um, <laughs> there is a fun thing at the end during the credits. Uh, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but it is at the credits if you're one of those that watches the whole scrolling credits after you see the uh, spca disclaimer about uh, animals being monitored and unharmed there is a text that reads human interactions monitored by the intergalactic Psych psychiatric institute the body count was high casualties heavy <laughs> <laughs> um i really love this movie because it was just so different than anything i've seen sam neill's not a stranger to the horror genre he has been in horror movies before um like the seventh sign and stuff like that, and uh, and I think uh, the one of the Omen movies, I, th I believe, is the third one. Um, um, Event Horizon. <clears throat> right, but that was later after. Uh, oh, okay. But yes, you're right. Uh, and he was perfect as the lead. He was the skeptical person that any one of us would be, totally relate to. Um, it it was just so unusual and different, and it had moments in it that actually freaked me out and got under my skin. Um, there's some creatures and it does have creatures in it. There are, there are a couple of creatures in there that gave me nightmares for years. Cause I did see it as a kid. The music is badass. I mean, it's John Carpenter. We know he's awesome at film scores, creating the Halloween theme and, mm -hmm. and the thing and all of these other movies. And this one is like the first one where he doesn't really do that soft, creepy piano stuff. He usually does. He mixes in hard rock in it and it's <laughs> badass. It nice. has a good beat. It sounds great. Um, but this one gets overlooked and I, and I, I think th this is my opinion. He did have one more theatrical feature after this and a straight to video one after that. And then he kind of just disappeared for a while and just produces stuff now, like the new Halloween and things. Um, but this I think was his last good movie that he did. Uh, no disrespect to the ones that came after. I do like them for special reasons, but they're not as good as this one. In my opinion, he did do Ghosts of Mars after this one. Uh, gave us Jason Statham. That was his first American movie. Oh, gave a Ice Cube and Natasha Henstridge as a group of mercenaries that have to fight for their lives against the Martians of Mars. What? <laughs> Dude, it's so awesome. It's so stupid <laughs> and cheesy, but it's great. It's like, um, also, awesome soundtrack as well. He, he like goes further with the metal and like even teams up with uh steve vi members of anthrax and buckethead to make the yes. soundtrack that soundtrack is badass and ice that. cube is totally just ice cube in that movie with guns shooting martians and it's great <laughs> the martians kind of look like zombies yeah um but it's just it's so stupid but it's so great you have to bring that over too um and then he did the ward uh, I think in 2001 with Amber Heard, where she's in a psychiatric hospital and sees oh, things. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is the first movie he did where he did not do the music for. Um, so it's not very memorable. The movie was okay. Yeah, it was. But it sucks that that was his last, like, movie that he did. Mm. So I think In the Mouth of Madness is his best last movie that he did. Very underrated gem. I definitely recommend it to those out there that just want something different. And it is different. Like I said, it does inspire heavily from H.P. Lovecraft. And if you're familiar with him and his writings, you will see 
those things in the movie, but it's just, I've never seen any movie like this. Um, so yeah, hundred percent recommend it. Yeah. I'll have to watch that. You had some good ones today, (laughs) (laughs) but not everybody will agree. I know some people that didn't like a single movie I put on this list and that's okay. I'm not judging you, even though you're a trash person to me now. I'm just kidding. (gasps) I'm kidding. I don't use that word. For someone who doesn't use like that word you use it's it i was trying often. to be funny apparently mm-hmm. it didn't make you laugh so i'm I just failed kidding. at that <laughs> but, <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but i like these movies and i do give all types of horror movies a chance and there's ones that i don't like uh, and i've said this before i'm not a big fan of a lot of the blumhouse movies but i'll watch them and still give them a chance before i immediately say that looks stupid and yeah. trashy i don't even want to try i mean i'll try it because you never know if it's good or not might be the one exception it might be the one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what these were to me because uh, you know at the time unless i saw them as a young age and were really like frozen i i did want to see that because i was a fan of hatchet and i like adam green but I thought it looked kind of meh when I first saw the trailer. But yeah. I gave it a chance, and I was like, holy crap, this is actually really cool. Dead Snow. Who wants to watch a movie about zombie Nazis? Not many people. <laughs> but I did because I was like, it's zombie Nazis. I mean, I've never right. seen that. And it turned out to be one of the coolest zombie movies ever. And then I was like, they're making a sequel? Oh, my God. And then I had to see the sequel, and that's what made me say it's my favorite zombie movie of all time. So you just you never know. When you want to see, when you want, you know, unless you take that chance. Right. No, for sure. I, I, I definitely want to see a lot of those. So, so of our, all of our 12 movies that we have just listed today on this extremely long episode of Cineversal Nerds, we do recommend all 12 of them to those who haven't seen them. And like I said before, if you are one of those people that have seen them and thought they sucked, well... Don't ruin it for everybody else. <laughs> Keep your opinions to yourself, and uh, and maybe some one of your friends might like it. Right. Exactly. But during this month, we will be recording more episodes that have to do with horror, so very excited for this. I think next time I want to do what horror television shows. This still is a podcast about movies and TV, so might as well do another TV episode, so that'll be coming next. So look forward to that. So, my fellow nerds, we say see you next time. Yep. (laughs) Bye.